Hey there, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brooks. Join me as I sit down with co-hosts, friends, and carefully curated guests as we talk about all the things that empower you to become your best and most confident self so you can step boldly into who you were created to be, the confident woman. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. Today we have with us Rachel Jane Groover. Rachel Jane is the best-selling author of Powerful and Feminine and Divine Breadcrumbs. She is the founder and CEO of The Awakened School, which offers cutting-edge programs to help those in their second or third act of life find meaningful purpose and awaken their impact. Leaving behind her full-time singing career in Australia, she moved to the USA to become a speaker, teacher, and author. The fundamental aim of Rachel Jane's programs and presentations is to show the way to both lasting inner peace and aligned out of purpose. So this is going to be a deep, insightful conversation, which I'm I'm excited to talk to Rachel Jane about. But in addition to that, she's also the creator of the Art of Feminine Presence training, which has been taught worldwide by herself and more than 300 certified teachers. You can find more about Rachel Jane's work at theawakenedschool.com. So welcome, Rachel Jane. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's great to be here, be in this conversation that you've been having for a long time. Yes. And, and you know, we were chatting right before we got started and, and kind of discussing where do we want to go today on with our conversation, how much value we can add to our listeners. And we just started talking about inner peace. And, you know, this is something that I personally have uh, really enjoyed embarking on as part of my journey. But talking to Rachel Jane right before, it's just like, this is in alignment and, and it's so needed in today's world with everything that's going on from looking left and right. We have, we're bombarded by scarcity and fear and panic and worry and anxiety and all right. the th- things that really just rob us of our inner peace. So as soon as that conversation comes about, I'm like, let's talk. So exactly. we need to, we need you and your expertise on today's conversation and just how we can explore and, and dive into that. So first of all, my question is kind of how you came about this topic and, and got to this point in your life where you can talk so profoundly about finding that inner peace, which is what everyone I feel like is longing for, right? It's this craving that that gives us the solace and and just presence of just being, right? It is. And I think it's it's amplified over the last few years because what happened in the world made everyone feel out of control. Mm-hmm. I'm not in control of what my you know choices are, where I move, I, you know, am I going to um, be able to do the same business, like all of those kinds of things. Now the economy and I mean, the list is mile long, which is great on a, in a spiritual concept because it forces us to let go of control. Um, and when we do that, it's shaky grounds first. Like, can I really trust life, the universe, God, your spiritual source, whatever you like to call it. Can you really trust that if you're going to let go? And if you don't let go and learn to trust, then the inner peace is never, ever, 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 ever going to be there. So I think that's why it's so relevant right now because we're going through that time of losing control in a way, Um, but you've always got to lose control to really gain the the real control that people want to feel, which I call unshakable inner peace. 
Um, so how did I come to this? Well, yeah, singer-songwriter from Australia, that's kind of not the usual way, but I um, I was doing that. I love performing. I love making people feel. I love getting people in their bodies and just being in the moment. So I think music was kind of a intuitive way to do that when I was in my 20s. And I knew that the time was up, though, in my mid to late 20s. It wasn't going to be what I did, did forever because I was kind of getting sick of just entertaining people, um, you know, mostly drunk people in bars and clubs. And I was like, you know, maybe there's something a little more. And I was living in Australia, Melbourne at the time, and I started watching Oprah. Now, this is like in the 1990s, like 1999, 2000, and she just started having all of the people um, like the spiritual authors and personal growth authors. I don't know if you remember that time, Rachel, you're, yeah, yeah. you know, but sitting in Australia where no personal development was really happening. I mean, we'd have Tony Robbins come there once every two years. That was about it. There was nothing, there wasn't the culture here. And so I started watching Oprah and I was like, I love this. I love the it, the experience of looking at yourself in a different way of um, all of that. And so I really was glued to the TV going, I want to just move to America. I want to, I want to be like these Americans. They're so amazing. They're so conscious. They're so peaceful. And uh, I moved here and realized that was not quite the whole side of the story. Um, but that was, that was a journey. And I also had a very strong intuition that I was going to meet my man here in America and he wasn't there. So um, so I went on my journey, ended up coming here thinking I was just going to do some singing, teaching or vocal coaching or something like that for a while and ended up um, happily thrown into the business of retreats and facilitation and coaching with Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote the Conversations with God books um, that, you know, millions and millions of copies got sold and kind of was learning what this whole business was at the same time going through a very profound spiritual journey and personal development journey myself, very much in the fire. So I think we all get thrown in the fire or the dark nights of the soul to, to do that. I've had my fair share. I have um, been in severe um, chronic pain for many years, bedridden for many years. I've been through bankruptcy. I've had not great relationship experiences before I finally met and married. So, I mean, I've gone through quite a lot, um, but always having this, this idea of what is spiritual awakening? What is, what is Eckhart Tolle talking about? Cause I know that I've had my awakening experiences. I know I've grown. I know I have, I'm much more self-aware. Life is easier. But four or five years ago, I was still kind of like something's something's not kind of clicked in that has this body mind instrument, my earth suit, as I like to call it, just still. It's not still. And fast forward now four to five years since saying that and getting very committed to what would create that, I can say my earth suit is still no matter what is happening. And that is um, probably my most prized sort of achievement, even though it's not an achievement in quotes, um, and love talking about it and what the distinctions are that I had to figure out and go through to not just be a relatively happy human, but to land in this still place and, and act from there. 
Hmm. And I'm sitting here just nodding because I feel like I can resonate with so much of what you just shared, you know, from we go through different seasons of lives and life and, and all the different experiences, all the different walks, all the different struggles and challenges and, and, you know, successes and achievements, they're all part of this journey. And it's, you know, and I can only speak on my behalf, but it's like, I've been in that world, one of ups and downs, ups and downs. And, mm-hmm. and it always comes back to what brings you this inner peace? Like, what are you running from? What are you chasing versus what are you avoiding that you're you're running from that? Right. So you're either chasing something, but you're avoiding it. But yet, if you're in that presence of just being, you get to receive and gain what it is you're actually seeking if we're just patient and still. And that comes with that inner peace. Right. right, right. I mean, you're talking about in psychological and spiritual terms, the seeking mind that is always, always seeking for something better than what's happening in the moment. Um, the grasping mind that's trying to like just keep nothing to change. Like let's have it be how it is because I don't know what's coming. And the controller, the controlling mind that's trying to, no, I don't want to look at that or I do want to look at that and it's trying to and and all of these are psychological processes that we need in order to feel like we are separate people um but also it creates the most painful experiences we go through all created from from that mind so how do we tame that and i i think you know early on i was more into that limiting beliefs or what are my limiting beliefs and what what am I thinking that I need to reframe and all of that kind of thing, which is good, which is helpful. But I found that on the awakening journey of um, realizing I'm not my mind and realizing I'm not Rachel Jane Groover, who I thought I was, I also realized that you don't tame the mind and try to change the mind, you do other things that have the mind naturally fall away. And I'm not talking about the strategic mind. Like I can definitely, um, if someone comes into my office and says, what do we need to do about this, Rachel Jane? I'm, I'm like, I'm going to use my mind to make that decision. But once that decision is made, then silence goes back into its natural state where that was not happening five years ago. So it's it's being in practices, physical, somatic, energetic, emotional, mental practices that will help you unwind this contracted earth suit is what's going to make everything go still versus Oh, I got to look at my mind. What is it doing? And why am I still thinking that? And I thought I was, I thought I had done that work. And why is it reappearing? And all that kind of stuff, which a lot of our people, our, our members of the Awakened School, they've been on a personal and spiritual journey for usually decades. Like both of us have been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the big pieces where they get stuck. They're still in the why am I creating this? Why did that happen? Why? And that's all good at the beginning because it creates self-reflection and self-awareness. But after a while, that is a hindrance. Mm-hmm. That's That just keeps everything in a contracted state of trying to figure it out versus um, unwinding. I see awakening is more about unwinding something than finding something. I think that just really literally summed up 
the entirety of the season I'm in in my life. Like you, <laughs> you just said, just nailed it. And it's, it's almost like I had this epiphany just the other day. And, and I mean, you obviously phrased it all a lot better than what was going on in this mind. Right. Because I felt like that's, that was a season I was in uh, prior and, and, you know, as you're speaking, I'm just like, oh my gosh, that was me. Like I was doing exactly that. And, you know, we get to these different stages of, of our, of our self-development and self-discovery yeah. journey. And I was to that point where, you know, I was recognizing my limiting beliefs and then doing the self-reflection, the introspection and, you know, really writing things down of like, okay, here are the connected pieces. And now I'm trying to make sense. It's like the brain's trying to rationalize to fill in right. those gaps of how and why mm -hmm. we got to where we're at or like, Mm -hmm. what is wrong with you was kind of, right. I would ask right. myself. And so kind of, you know, what you had just shared it, you know, for me, it was, I'm coming to that terms of just really unraveling. And instead of just trying to connect the pieces, just kind of letting them fall where they fall. And I'm yes. recognizing now there's more of this, like this gap, there's this, just this tranquility in between those thoughts yes. where they're not doing, they're just observing. And it's yes. not in an intentional meditation, but it becomes that meditative state. Yes. And it's quiet because it's, yes. it's not observing in the way you used to do, which is observing the thoughts and the feelings and the this and commenting on it. Mm -hmm. What's observing is the observer of the observer. And the observer of the observer doesn't comment. It doesn't have that like, oh, I'm noticing this. It's another dimension of awareness that's coming into your being that's stabilizing more, right? You know, we have moments of it maybe back when we were, you know, 15, but it was only a flash, right. <laughs> a moment of it. And so, yeah, it's when you, when you experience the, the mind that, that doesn't comment on anything then you know you're headed in the right direction. Yeah, so that's yeah. wonderful to hear. It was just something that kind of came about, and um, you know, I'm I'm actually just I just started this book too, and I'm sure you're probably familiar with it. Um, it I had already read the uh, Untethered Soul like many times. I love that. That's mm -hmm. by uh, Michael A. Singer, and he just came out with another book this year um, titled Living Untethered, and he poses that question that you had said. It's like it's you that's in there, but who are you like, who's the you in there yes. beyond your thoughts, beyond the physical, yes. but who is you who's observing from the inside, looking out without, without uh judgment and uh critique and, and all the self, you know, exactly. all the things, right. The narrative, it's just the observation. So where did those thoughts come from? If it's you, but it's also you in, internally. It's just, you know, it kind of sounds like exactly. this riddle, right? But it, it's the way, it's, you know, if, if anyone's listening, pick up a copy of that book, Living Untethered, because he obviously explains it a lot better than I just did. <laughs> so, but but it, that's it, right. It, it's so right. I, I call it, you know, dimensions of awareness, because how do you how do you even describe what you're doing? And it's all awareness. It's all things you're aware of. I'm aware of my thoughts. I'm aware of this. And then I'm aware of the self-reflective process because we're talking about our self-reflective process so we're aware of it well what's aware of what's what is that mm -hmm. and and we we need to use all of them we need to use thoughts and we need to use self-reflection but 
the unwavering stillness or unshakable inner peace does not occur until we stabilize the experience of looking through eyes or ears or speak when we're in that third dimension of awareness. And yeah, we, like you said, if we're stuck in the self-reflection of why, 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 and blah, 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 we'll never we'll never get there. And another thing that might help too with people who can relate to your journey of either about to come up to where you are, you know, they might not be feeling so much tranquility as you are, but they're 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 feeling something shift, or they're in that tranquil place, but it's not stabilizing yet. It's going in and out. That I think of, you know, the journey. Well, when we first you know, arrive in this world, it's kind of just surviving life. You know, we try to just figure out how we're going to survive life. But at some point, it does shift to, I don't want to just survive it. I want to find myself. You know, I want to find my life and all of that. So we go on searches and we we spend too much time watching Oprah in, you know, in 1999. It's like this finding. But if we stay with it long enough, it naturally moves to, no, I don't want to just find it. I want to create it. I want to create my life with intention. I know I have this, you know, infinite presence with me. Call it God, call it my spiritual source. I'm I'm interconnected. But that's where people stop and they don't know how to kind of get out of it because it feels confident using your words. It's like I am the confident woman. I know how to now create my life. I'm not surviving it. I'm not finding it. I'm creating it. But the same women know that they haven't stabilized tranquility, mm. serenity, and inner peace because something that they don't create, oh, why did that not happen? I mean, if everything's going well, they feel great. But if something isn't, they don't feel great. And so this doorway to the next phase of stabilizing peace is not is realizing I'm not creating my life. I am receiving my life. Mm. And when you share those words, Rachel, of just letting it fall where it might be, you know, just letting it be, there's a receptive experience in that, isn't there? It's like, I'm just going to receive what comes. I'm not going to be a doormat. I'm not going to, I'm not saying that, but I'm going to have less resistance to what comes. And so when I personally shifted to, okay, I get I had a big realization around being the receiving channel and was very focused on physical practice, energetic practice, spiritual practice that would get me in a receiving mode over and over and over again. And I'm not talking about better receiving good compliments or receiving mode for a law of attraction, but just always receiving how open can my body be for receiving, blah, 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 blah. You get the picture. And as that stabilized, then the opening of the next piece came in, which is I am life. I'm not receiving yeah. life. I am it. But I couldn't stabilize that until I stabilized I am a receiver. I'm not a creator. Even though I am a creator, I am finding, I am surviving, I'm doing, I'm doing all of those, but I'm transcending and including into these next stages of development. Right. Yeah. The, all of what you're saying is it, it's totally resonating because it's, um, 
it was something that, you know, for, for my own personal journey, it's something I, I was committed to just really doing that inner work. And I, and, you know, I didn't set out to, to discover all this, it just starts unfolding. And so, like you said, yeah. it's about receiving. So when you get to these different stages throughout, it's like, what's next. And when we can ask that question, it opens that door for receiving because you're intentionally being receptive. Um, right. And so that's, uh, you know, just there has been so much going on and, and just in my personal life that it was it felt like so chaotic that there wasn't even a moment to think of these things. And, you know, this oddly enough, I mean, the timing of this, this, uh, you know, us getting on, on, a, on a call here and chatting is is uncanny because it's almost like this just resonated f- like fully in this past week where it's like I got to experience it. And it wasn't a fleeting moment because it's been a continuous day by day. And so now that there's kind of like this track history of already seven days in or eight days in. And so you keep this receptive uh, persona about it to to be open instead of trying to grasp on and control. And I, you know, admittedly, I, I struggle with control. Like I'm chasing perfection. What does a perfectionist do? They struggle. They hold on for control because in a world that feels like it's out of control, our natural instinct is to tighten the grip on it. And all we exactly. did was tighten the grip on control and we didn't do anything. We just kind of made things worse at this point. Right. And so it's easing that grip and just letting yes. it slip through your fingers and just Yes. That's where I'm finding myself. And so much of what you're saying, it's like, I'm literally experience, experiencing that in this here and now moment. So it's a beautiful wow. thing. Uh, and I love that analogy of loosening the grip because yeah. like when, when people hear me talk about or anyone talk about being more receptive, they naturally go to like the mind, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm I'm gonna be open to receiving, you know, from the mind. And when you keep repeating that, you're actually not open. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like this. But what the receiving channel is is loosening the group on your entire energetic field. Your entire energetic field has to loosen its grip because the mind, the like, this is how I think about it, and it may be lost a little bit without the visuals, um, but. People can watch videos of me and see the kind of some of these visuals, but um, think about the mind as a grip, and it's it's just one big contraction. But all through it, what's trying to stream through it is infinite, present love, no judgment, all of these spiritual impulses, and that that is the universe is trying to stream through the mind. But if we've got a grip on it it's contracted. Those things don't stream through the mind. Other things stream through the mind. Like I got to control this or this person shouldn't be doing that. And why are they keep doing it or whatever? Same thing with the heart. We can be open energetically through the heart center, or we can have a grip on it. And if you've got a grip, you're going to feel more pain. And if you have pried that open from an energetic standpoint, a physical standpoint, you're going to be streaming all the time with love and gratitude and all these things. And then the gut center as well is is a whole big grip. You know, that's often where control comes from. It's like just, you know, stow. And can you open the gut center of your energetic field? So all the time life force is streaming through versus a contracted feeling of, you know, control. So, 
it's again not about trying to change the mind or change the heart or change the gut, but loosen the grip energetically because your vertical core through your body is the way you're receiving. You received your book that way, right? Didn't it's like it, it really came did. through. It, it came through totally. My first book was through control, <laughs> which is called <laughs> Powerful and Feminine. Did that a decade ago. But my second book was totally received. And it was very different experience um, called Divine Breadcrumbs. And I thought, I'm never going to write a book not in that second version. So my third book that I'm writing now is the same thing. So you're receiving that through this channel, but it's really through um, your physical and energetic form. So it's why people do a lot of yoga or other things, but they get caught in the traps of that as well. They think, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to get the pose right, or I'm going to get the meditation mantra right. And at some, at some point, something's going to happen. <laughs> and it's not, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. They're missing out on the, the middle part, which is the becoming aspect of it. It's, it's, it's not about focusing on getting that mastering the skill or the outcome. It's about the, the process throughout the journey of that, that middle part, like, uh, you know, to use that, the yoga as a, as an example, that was an exact, uh, you know, experience that I had when, you know, several years back, I remember being sitting in a, a yoga class and, you know, I was relatively newer to yoga because one, it's hard to still my mind. And I remember sitting in this class, it was a yin class. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, it's going to be boring. You got to hold a pose for like three to five minutes. <laughs> it was in that three to five minutes, instead of focusing on the time of hurry up, let's get out of this pose. This is so uncomfortable. I am shifting. I'm just, you know, I'm not present, but it was in the breath of just being present, focusing on each breath. I felt my entire body relax. And the next day I knew it was already, you know, the, the instructor said, okay, we're going to shift pose. And it felt like it was 30 seconds. It was something that you had to lean into embracing that discomfort, easing into it, paying attention to the presence and, and the mm -hmm. internal awareness of, of what is actually happening inside instead of fast yes. forward, looking ahead at when is this going to end? Exactly. And maybe that's the season we're in where we're so focused on get this over with that we're missing the lesson that is happening right now. And that um, was something. Undoubtedly, I think so many are. Yeah. Um, if anyone listening who's feeling resistant to the time we're in, you're in the category Rachel just named. Mm -hmm. I mean, because there's so much amazingness happening here, um, which is hard. And most of the times it is hard because the yoga pose is hard. Yes. <laughs> and and same, that's the easiest part of life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but staying with it, I, I, I call it, it, you know, when you get off the yoga mat and you're dealing with maybe something that's in a relationship or a, an anxiety point that comes up, I call it the oh shit button, right? Yeah. You're either going to go toward it or you're going to avoid it, numb out, try to control whatever. And if you have the courage to go, no, I'm going to go toward this, you're going to have the oh shit moment. Like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to look at this. I don't want to look at this. It feels more painful before it gets easier like a good massage, you know, it gets, ooh, and then releasing it. Um, and so people need to find these practices that are going to unwind the kink of the mental process, the emotional pain body process, and the gut trying to hold on for dear life and control one's life. And to do that, you got to look at yourself and go, what is my psychological process? What is 
Where do I keep getting caught? You know, where are my blind spots? Where do I close my heart to people, even if I might be hurt? How can I stay open, even if I'm, I might get hurt? These are really important questions. And right now, people might get hurt. People, people might lose things. People, you know, we don't know what's around the corner in in so many ways. So this is such an important skill to have, but right at the end, there is no skill involved. It's truly a letting go. And it's, uh, and the letting go, I think is, is it's really hard because it's almost like you have to surrender and give up the full control of what, what is, or what is beyond your control. And I think for many of us, even in the state, you know, that we're in, it's like the constant, uh, worry and anxiety that it's, it's almost like, you can't even discern between the two because it all feels like it's, it's all one. And if you do nothing, then there's this panic that sets in that says, well, I should be doing something because I can't just idly stand by and watch is what feels like the world's, you know, crushing and crumbling down on you. So there's right. kind of that, that duality. That's like, I should be doing some like the doing the action part, but yet there's this kind of inner conflict that says, no, we can't always be in works. We have to sometimes just receive what is. And that's the challenge, I think, even for me, which was kind of distinguishing between the two. And if you feel like, I don't know, from my experience, it was about kind of doing prep work of, of doing the things up front so that I can sit back and be like, okay, this is why I did it. This is why I was called to do X, Y, and Z, because you're going to be receiving the things once you do the work. So it's kind of this balance, I think. Well, it's, yeah. Totally. I mean, it's a great internal conversation to pull apart a little bit. And if we could just have a few minutes on that, because I think wherever people are in their stage of consciousness, um, if they're following people like you, they want to make a positive difference. They want to, you know, have a have a good impact on the world and their families and what have you. And what I what I went through, which was so discombobulating to my mind, being someone who does want to make an impact and does want to do good and wants to help people and blah, 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 is through this shift from I am receiving life to I am the whole thing. From an experience standpoint, not a not a knowing, like, oh, we're all one. Yay. Not that but an experience of all of it is streaming through my awareness right now. I went through an ascent and a descent. And so the ascent was I am the, the awareness and the presence and the love that has no comment. I am that. It was undeniable. And so sitting in that, I knew very intimately there is nothing that I need to do. There is nothing I need to do. Not from, again, a lovely new age meme. There's nothing you need to do, but I just, there is nothing I need to do. And I was in that, but I could feel my go-getter, you know, Inc. 5000 CEO, best-selling author mind go, yeah, but you can't just not do, you can't just sit here. You've already been sitting here for I was having a very altered spiritual experience for weeks on end. And I was, I just had to stop. It was so expansive, but this would come in a little bit like, you can't do this. You can't do this. 
and and the words were just just stay. You have to stabilize this ascent before you can descend, because if you descend into okay, how do I help the world again? Too soon. You're just going to do it from the receiving or the creating stage of consciousness, mm-hmm. which I already could, I was already doing, you know, I was already impacting lots of lives. But so, I, so if I stay, I stayed in the ascent and it was for, I mean, a year at least until I di- wasn't discombobulated by it. And then what started happening is the descent back into what is this earth suit here to bring through of this infinite. And I still am doing the same kind of thing, but I am doing it in such a different experience because the seeking mind has gone. And that was, it was well intact. Believe You didn't know me back then, but it was well intact of like always disappointed, always not good enough, always and even though I'd been doing the work, it just it was always like a niggly feeling of you just didn't really do it as well as you could have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that had gone the grasping mind, every, but, but it has descended into now an experience of wanting to give. But I, I just say that story for anyone who's who's relating to what Rachel was saying, to give the ascent time to stabilize because if that mind keeps saying to you, oh, but there's things to do, the world is in trouble, no, it's trap, 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 ego yeah. trap, ego trap. And so wait till that descent happens to know I'm going to do this, but there is no need at all. Yeah. And that's hard for people these days, it's isn't it? very hard. And it, like you were just saying, I'm over here like, oh my gosh, that was so me. And it's like, even when I make that conscious like choice, like, okay, I'm just going to just do nothing for him. And when I say do nothing, it's so hard for somebody who is a, you know, high achiever and doesn't uh, sit still for like more than three seconds. Yeah. But it's, it's having that conversation in your mind too, that says, listen, it's, it's not forever. You're not going to sit around and do nothing forever. So you're not throwing your dreams and your future aside, give yourself like, you know, a few minutes. And, and sometimes I had to pet myself. I'm like, listen, you got six minutes. Like you can take a six minute break and do absolutely nothing, the CEO of your life, yeah. then that six minutes will come back, you know, tenfold for your business because you've allowed yourself that space to just be and receive. And yes. so it was this inner tug of war that the achiever in me wanted to keep going. But what is what is preventing me from moving forward is because I have yet to receive the next Thing, the next assignment, the next right. calling that like, right. I haven't figured that out yet. Right. And that's, that's in this present moment, the here and right. now, right now that I'm seven, eight, nine days into it. So. Right. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, even too, for me, after months of this stabilizing, I could still hear the mind go, oh, yeah. oh you could, you could use this to, you know, make this better, or you, you could, you could start teaching this. So you could, it's kind of this, like you can't just sit for months on end while something is reorganizing in your in your system until it finally did but it 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 takes a while and like a lot of spiritual teachers say don't um don't call the search off too early so when you get something you're like whoa there's a there's something changing in me or there's something just don't call the search up like, oh, that's done, you know, like really stay with it to give your body, which is slower to catch up 
and your energetic field time for it to reorganize because once it reorganizes, that's then the mind will have a new pattern, the heart will have a new pattern, and the gut will have a new pattern. Yeah, and that's uh, definitely something that you uh, you just experience in different different settings and stages of your life. And you know, mm-hmm. from I always say like my former self, and then the, the upgraded version. And right. so we're always kind of upgrading at different stages. But it's something to look back on as and you know using it as a like your your starting point for this new version that you're becoming. But in the becoming, is that awareness to receiving so that you can know what your direction or, you know, the next assignment kind of is. And, um, I think it's really cool. It's just, you know, when you kind of come to those moments, but the, the journey itself is not always cool. It's not always fun. It's, it's, no. it's heavy. It's depleting. It's, it's energetically draining. It's emotionally draining. And so, um, again, kind of, you know, bringing this a little bit full circle is about recognizing kind of where you're at in those stages. And and if you find yourself just, you know, hoping and praying that this is over tomorrow, but it's like, but we haven't been present today to know what we're bringing into tomorrow to help maybe possibly expedite this, this thing that we're going through. Right. So it's, um, been an incredible, just, just journey. And and I always say, you know, of all the struggles and hardships and everything that could, you know, life happens to you and for you, but to be grateful for that, because because it helps you be who you are today. And we wouldn't have these experiences. And I think experiences, it colors our world for us. We're, we're you know, we have such a variety that we can tap into um, to, to, you know, connect to others, uh, you know, on a human to human level, because yep. we're not just one dimensional, we're multifaceted. Yeah. And if we get to experience that, we have so much to, to bring in and, um, and pour back into others as well. So Absolutely. I'm, I'm curious to know, like some of the, um, you know, possible tips or strategies that you can employ, uh, trying to tap into more mm-hmm. of that inner peace. What are some of the, the tips that you would suggest for our listeners? Yeah. I mean, I have a ton on YouTube and um, we've got a free little mini course, a mini retreat, actually, not a course, but taking you into this unwavering place. But what you could do right now, even just if you're listening in the car or um, listening in in your house, is think about this word receive and being receptive. And getting out of the mind, you can kind of just drop down into your heart space or your womb space or, you know, your belly center and feel what it's like, toggle between feeling physically and energetically receptive and physically and energetically closed. So we could do it together. I think of my hands and, you know, just sort of the energy in my hands or between my hands. Can you open your hands to receive right now? even if they are stuck on the wheel or somewhere. And then move your hands to a place of giving, like now I've got to give through my hands. Or there are my hands. And then go back to not there are my hands. My hands are receiving all the goodness that wants to come. And within that shift, well, Rachel, what do you, what do you, what be some words to describe just there are my hands versus I'm receiving through my hands? 
I think for me, it's almost like I, I visually feel as if something just lands in my hand. Like I'm almost creating that as a receptive, like, okay, what would it feel like to receive somebody would put something of weight in my hand? I would almost feel the pressure in my hand of receiving. Yes. And, and if you close your eyes, it's, you know, you clench your hand around it or pull back and there becomes this, wow, like a, a moment that just like you feel filled for a second. Yeah. I feel a lot of tingling. Filled is a good word. Like being filled. When your intention goes to, I want to be receptive, whether it's just through your hands or through your ears or whatever, it's putting you in that next level dimension of awareness Mm -hmm. that settles everything down. So you can do that with the heart. But I think people do the closed and open close open, close open. So you get very, very acutely aware when it's doing it, when it's not in the moment. Because usually when people get closed or tied or contracted, it's not until they go home and they go, why did I say that? Or what, why did I do that? Or I wanted to be so much more magnetic in that moment or what it's, it's later than in the moment feeling that. And Another one that I would do is is really paying more attention to the vertical core nature through your body. Um, Some people call it the chakra system. I just think of the energetic centers through our body running vertically. And this is really important for women more so because they're very horizontal in their like relation, you know, relationships and what do you need and how can I please you and that kind of thing and really getting where that vertical core is located And when you go to your vertical core, so just think again, wherever you're listening, how far back is the central core of your body? That means it's the center of your skull. It's not your eyes. That means it's the center of your chest, not the front. And so when you line that up, you actually feel almost pulled backward. Do you feel that right? Like it's like, whoa, that's further back than I would have expected. It's almost like you, you become taught like the, like the rope just got tighter and you're kind of tugged back into a vertical straight position. Exactly. So when this, yeah. So when this awakening experience was happening for me, that I've talked about was going on for weeks, very heightened experience. Every morning I woke up, I felt like someone was tugging my head back. It was the strangest thing. And I couldn't kind of leave the center of my head. It was what the heck? Like something's. And as I was receiving messages of what was going on for me, I was shown that it's only, it is only when you are in the vertical center of your body, which is why yoga has been taught for ancient, ancient, you know, centuries for a spiritual practice. It's kind of been lost in a little, in a little way of just get the cute butt. But <laughs> initially, it was to open this vertical channel. And so when that was opening, this new dimension could drop in. So if everyone can just kind of sense when you're talking to the next person, am I in the central point of my head or am I in the front of my eyes? Am I in the center back of my heart? Or am I in the front? Like, oh, I need to do this. I need, we are as humans so far forward in it with our attention. Does that make sense? Like, you know, head up and forward and whatever. And even when we're talking to people, it's it's kind of in front of me and in front of you is what's connecting. 
But when we come back to our vertical channel and you come back, there is an intimacy, there is an exchange that happens there that can't happen if we're out of that. So again, toggle back and forth, um, be in the front of your eyes and be in the center point of your head. And you will see the room completely different. And so my work is helping people see the room completely different every moment versus, oh, I, I, I fell in love with that person for those three seconds, you know, or the, that, that moment. And really doing that. And that's the work of a, the Awakened School and Art of Feminine Presence, as you mentioned earlier. Wow, um, that's incredible. And so all of this that you, you teach inside your, your programs, your courses, and all the work that you do, correct? Exactly. Yeah. And Unwavering Stillness is a really great place to start. It's free and it's a mini retreat that you can do from anywhere. So it's not kind of a usual Zoom call or webinar, but get yourself a candle, get yourself your favorite essential oil, just take an hour with me. You can chunk it down or binge watch and get some of the energetic experiences that I'm talking about at a deeper level. Because I think, especially for your ladies, they've they've done a lot of the reflection piece that they're going to see very quickly. Oh, that's how I stabilize this versus the mind's going in and out and the heart's going in and out. So, um, uh, we'll put the link below, but it's it's called Unwavering Stillness. And yeah, I'm everywhere on YouTube and things like that. And uh, you can find out. And also the Awakened School. It's the Awakened with an ED. Um, and again, not really for people who are just kind of coming into their first, oh, I, I create my life, you know. They're, they're, it's for people who are looking for an elevated conversation on spirituality, human potential, awakening their impact, um, and awakening humanity, but not from the place we were talking about before. I'm like, I've got to awaken people, you know, <laughs> um, but from our presence, you know, that's what's awakening people. We're transmitting a frequency mm-hmm. and um, it becomes a lot more enjoyable when I know my gift is to, to transmit a frequency of love and infinite potential and all that versus I got to wake this person up. You know, what am I going to post on social media today? (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's yeah. So true. But it's, it's where you just get to be what feels in alignment with really your soul and that inner peace of when you experience it, that's, that's where you, I guess the goal, right? Like having that and holding on to it and finding ways to really ground yourself and come back to it at any moment. Right. Right. Amazing. Well, we'll include all of the links and and all your contact information in the show notes below. So I just want to thank you for being our guest and just, it's been an incredible conversation. And, uh, you know, sometimes I, I, you know, I love these conversations going deep and and really experiencing it because it gives us a place to really connect and, um, you know, sharing at different stages and different levels allows those who are listening to know that you can just jump on at any time. You don't have to be at a certain set point to get started. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. This has been very fun. Well, absolutely. Well, thank you. Hey there. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening.